Now on Netflix. Inspired by the unbelievable true story of a fake hitman comes the new movie, Hitman, from Academy Award nominee Richard Linklater. At 96% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, critics are calling Hitman a smart, sexy crime thriller with surprises at every turn. Starring Glenn Powell and Adria Arjona, Hitman. Now playing on Netflix and in select theaters. Rated R. On September 7th, 2015, a 32-year-old man goes to a club with his two friends. He's later dropped off at a convenience store and disappears without a trace. But what he leaves behind is one of the creepiest voicemails you will ever hear. You're listening to the Mysterious Bruce Podcast, and tonight we bring you the case of Henry McCabe. Welcome to a deep, dark, dank, and extremely moist basement. Sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> if you'd shower more. Yeah, maybe. That retard you hear in the background has been singing. Bruh. Really? I got dumps, dumps, dumps like a truck. Truck, truck. That's 2019. <laughs> and you're using words. We're both special education teachers. And it's a term really, of endearment when I talk to you, use, though. You can use words like this. Hurtful words, man. Yeah, I can see you're crying over there. Hurtful words. I need an adult. Yeah. All right, boys and girls. Welcome to another edition of two rednecks in a basement drinking. <laughs> talking Probably about what we should have named the show. Talking about stupid shit. This week, we were graced with our 100th follower on Twitter. Yeah, buddy. We'd like to give Kicking a big old butt. shout out to Old Colony Cast. They are the 100th Twitter follower. We're up to actually we're up to 103 now. And my little bitty Instagram's coming in second, 77. It's a shame. It is a shame. It's just a shame. Started off like a champ. He's just limping, limping around turn four. <laughs> we have had a lot of. Feedback on our Atlanta Bloodhouse episode and the general consensus so far, and anyone else out there can let us know, is that you appreciate the facts first and then the conjecture later. That's a big word, man. I know, I'm trying to use my thesaurus. Conjecture. This week's brew for our case comes out of Minnesota. It just so happens to be the only beer from Minnesota available in Georgia. So we were kind of limited. Surly Brewing (laughs) Company, Furious IPA. And it says Imperial Red Ale, Hoppy Red, not really an amber. Furious breaks all the rules. We aren't even sure what to call it. Surly doesn't brew to style. And it all started with Furious. In the end, what does style matter? The only question is... Do you want another one or not? This is a undefinable crimson-hued ale that delivers aromas of citrus, pine, and caramel toffee. Aggressively hopped, beautifully balanced with a caramel malt backbone. Furious delivers a moment of pure beer bliss. <laughs> that is a style all its own. And you can read the same thing I just read off of surlybrewing.com. <laughs> With that little teaser, we are doing a case out of Minnesota, and it is the case of Henry McCobb. McCabe. McCabe, McCobb. I like the McCobb because it's almost Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> it is Henry McCabe. Dude, it is fucked up. This is an odd, odd case. Uh, unfortunately, Which the is part only, of the pattern here, I suppose. The only <laughs> audio we can find has this moron from a new studio talking talking all over it but we will play that for you once we get into the nitty and the gritty all right in 2015 on labor day sunday for those of you not following me that means the day before labor day (laughs) 32 year old henry mccabe a liberian immigrant who worked as an auditor for the minnesota department of revenue 
He lived in Moundsview, Minnesota, at one time with his wife, Corrine, and their two daughters. Now, his family is actually away in California, and Henry is spending the evening going out to a nightclub in Spring Lake Park with two of his friends. William Pappas Kennedy and Calvin Johnson. Now, they wind up leaving the club Pavlovsky's. Which is just a fantastic name for a club in Minnesota. <laughs> I know. I just see like a cordy, like what are they called? The, the little... The accordions? Yeah. yeah. You like polka music? Polka music. Three two Liberians there drinking three, shots. Three black guys yeah. hanging out at a polka, polka bar. <laughs> I mean, that's amazing. But basically, after <laughs> they leave the club around 2 a.m. on September the 7th, uh, Mr. William Kennedy claims that Henry asked him to drop him off at a Super America gas station in the town of Fridley, even though it was a couple of miles in the opposite direction of his home. Yeah, that's kind of a what-the-fuck moment right there. Is the first one, it's, why would you want to be dropped off two miles away from your house? Yeah, I don't... I, if if I've been out drinking, it's two in the morning. Take me to the front door and make sure I you see my fat ass yeah. get in there. Prop me up, open the door, and let you know. And kick me right square in the middle of the back, <laughs> and then when I call you the next morning, go, man, my back's sore. I don't know, buddy. <laughs> I don't know, man. But a really big what the fuck moment comes right here, right at the beginning, because Mr. Kennedy claims he was wanted to be dropped off at the Super America gas station, but that's not where they went. CCTV footage will prove later on, even though it hasn't been released to the public, that uh, Kennedy drops Henry off at the Holiday Gas Station, two miles away, further, two miles further away. Now, and the question is, A, why was he wanting to be dropped off there? B, where the hell did he go? Well, I mean, well, how did, well, I better, yeah, why how did, did Kennedy he, miss, how did Kennedy go to the wrong place? And, and we'll get into that when we get into some theories. There's an awesome guy that I saw that had really, like, mapped this thing out, and he's done yeah. a hell of a job. Yeah. But. Another big, weird situation with it, it's not really a what the fuck, because it's probably a normal thing, but his friend Calvin Johnson has his wallet. So the fact that Mr. McCabe disappears very unfortunate because he has no identification on him. Uh, Mr. Johnson's going to claim that Henry um, was so intoxicated at the club that he actually takes his wallet from him to prevent him from buying more drinks. Now, I say that's not that strange. It's not a what-the-fuck moment because that shit's happened to me several times. <laughs> I'm going to take everything he's got. <laughs> uh, I have been, everything I own has been confiscated from me from time to time to prevent me from buying drinks. So... That's not a really weird moment, but Mr. Kennedy, the one dropping him off at the gas station, has his keys. So if he had actually even been dropped off at the right gas station, which is just a couple of miles, or less than a mile from his house, he couldn't have gotten a fucking house because some other dumbass had his keys. Yeah. So the guy dropping him off has his keys. Why do you drop your, why do you drop your buddy off if you don't even give him his car keys, his house keys? That's yeah, a what-the-fuck moment. It's it's one thing to take a man's wallet to keep him from buying stuff. It's another thing to keep his keys because he needs them to get into his house. Yeah, well, I mean, it also doesn't state. They are there drinking. It's been it's it's been stated there. He Henry's intoxicated. We don't know how intoxicated Kennedy is. He is driving, but that doesn't mean he's driving safely. He could be intoxicated himself, driving drunk. He's just the lesser of the two, and maybe he just forgot he had the keys. That's a possibility. True. But it's still weird. Extremely weird. I, I don't understand if me, you, and Minnie me all go out drinking, and I start just, I didn't eat that day, and I start getting slobbery drunk one of you may take my wallet the other one may take my keys but at some point one of you is going to give the other one and say here man i've got his here's his keys you've got his wallet or vice versa we got to get to his dumbass home and in that point i guess you realize 
you know, you're going to have to babysit his dumb ass. So you're going to have to physically walk him to his door, mm-hmm. unlock the door, put him in there. Yeah. I mean, what kind of a friend is it that you've become so intoxicated at a bar that they confiscate your wallet so you can't buy any more drinks, yet they're just going to abandon you at a convenience store in the middle of the, in the, middle of the, in the, middle of the night, 2.30 in the morning. Yeah. In September, Minnesota, it's probably pretty chilly. It's probably not cold, but it's a chilly night, but no wallet, no keys. Just drop him off 2.30 in the morning. Peace out. Yeah, I don't understand the whole, but they're Liberian. They may think different from us. <laughs> well, that's true. But if they're like, you know, being from Liberia, I bet they found it fucking cold in Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> Probably true, yeah. Depending on how long they've lived in Minnesota, but comparatively. I'm pretty yeah, I'm pretty <laughs> sure they find it a little, a little bit chilly. Now, at 2.28 a.m., Henry's wife, Corrine, receives a phone call in California from Henry's cell phone. And she hears a distressing sound on the other end. She attempts to call Henry's brother, Tim Borber, but only gets the brother's voicemail, which somehow, according to what you read, winds up recording the last two minutes of Henry's phone call, which is odd. I I don't follow that at all. That is odd. But But, regardless of what happens, somehow the, the phone call gets recorded. But after that, that's it for Henry. Henry is not heard from again after that, and he is not seen again until, unfortunately, on November 2nd, approximately two months later, his body's going to be discovered in Rush Lake. And it's going to be approximately four miles east of the Holiday gas station. But the strange thing is, he has no injuries on his body, he has no signs of struggle. And his cause of death is drowning, which is going to be completely contradictory to the voicemail that he leaves his wife. And investigators would go as far as to say that they are not ruling out the possibility of suicide at the time they find his body because, according to their investigation, Henry was experiencing personal problems. He had recently bounced a rent check. He had received a bad performance review at his workplace and since he was intoxicated the night in question it's possible he basically accidentally stumbled into the lake and drowned but none of these would explain for what you're going to hear on the voicemail yeah it's to be honest we his death is basically unknown slash unsolved in my book what the only part that we can play is a very small part. There's two full minutes of audio on this e- on this voicemail, and in the beginning, he claims that he has been shot, and at the end, you hear a male voice, not specifically identified as Henry, scream, "Stop it!" But what's in between what they have released is probably the creepiest shit that I've ever heard in my life. Take a listen to this. It's a voicemail unlike anything you've ever heard before. There are two minutes worth of noises, bizarre ones. But very little actual talking. Authorities confirmed the disturbing middle-of-the-night call came from Henry McCabe's cell phone. Unfortunately, this is the voicemail his wife, estranged or divorced, whatever you read, hears at 2.28 a.m., the night he goes missing. Okay, and what we're going to do now is we're going to just play his voice or whoever voice is on the, 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 the voicemail. We're going to just play it isolated and loop. So you're going to hear it several times over and over again. So that shit right there is the 
scariest sound I've ever heard in my life. That does not sound like somebody that drowned to me. And it doesn't sound like it comes from a human, to be honest no, with you. No, that isn't, to me, that is not a human sound. But again, we don't hear the whole voicemail. He, he In the beginning, he says he's shot. Clearly he wasn't. And at the end, you hear someone, maybe him, maybe someone else, screams, stop it. And in the middle is that creepy shit. That right there, that's a monster. Yes. That is. By definition. Yeah, that is. Nightmare fuel. Uh, yeah. I mean, that high-pitched growling, that's not a human noise to me. It's not to me either. I, I've i listened to it several times, and it, I don't it, it's in a movie. It's not, I, don't, I can't remember, it's like a mixture of a couple of, like the Velociraptors from yeah. Jurassic Park and then the aliens from, from Alien. Or signs, like the... Yeah. The, the, the clicking, I, yeah. Yeah, just... Dude. What the fuck? Like, for real? Like, yeah, seriously. If, if my wife called me and I heard that on the other end, even if I was on the West Coast, I would be yeah. shitting my pants the I, whole flight over. To me, that is, like, that's insane. That's insane. What happened? What was going on at that moment to make the man claim he was shot when he wasn't? Whatever, if he did or whatever made those noises, and then whoever said, stop it. What happened for him to simply be found drowned? He's, he, he drowns. With no other signs no of abrasions, foul. bruises, broken no ribs, bruises, nothing. no broken bones, no sign of a struggle. That sounds like a struggle to me. Yeah, and it, what I don't understand about this whole case, and basically, ladies and gentlemen, that's it. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's the case. But what I don't find, I guess, forthcoming, what I find creepy slash. A little shady is the fact that the police have never released the full two-minute audio. Nope. They have not released the CCTV footage of him nope. being dropped off. But why? Because they state that, or, yeah, I guess they and the the coroner state that he basically drowned from being intoxicated. And they won't rule out the possibility of a suicide. Because of the, like you said, stated earlier, by his troubles at work and his troubles with money, this, that, and the other. But that sure as hell sounds like a struggle to me. And it sounds like he's struggling with something not known to this world. Well, and if it goes to the point where the police feel like it's too graphic or disturbing, the only way it could be that way is if he is drowning... And he's making all these sounds. But again, like you stated, that does not sound like a man drowning. You don't hear water splashing. Nope. And at some point, I don't give a shit what phone you got. That shit's going click. Yeah, that, that, that's exactly right. If he is that close to his phone to be heard, that phone's getting wet. That phone's underwater. That phone is dead. I don't give a shit how much rice you have. Yeah, bringing that phone back. What's also interesting is they don't, in my research, I didn't find anything about the phone. Was the phone found on him? In the water? They don't mention it. No, they don't. And, and I guess the creepiest part is all that groaning and growling. Supposedly, there's like a, a, like a second or two where there's nothing. And then you hear someone say, stop it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, yeah, supposedly silence. For several seconds and then stop it. Maybe it's somebody telling him to stop struggling. Maybe, but. There's three, I think there's going to be three prevalent theories and we'll touch on it. Let's go ahead. Let's get into it. Because that's it, man. That's the case. Yeah, that is the case. But it is so strange. It is. The, I guess we can go least likely in our minds to more likely or best to worst let's let's lay it out what do you think so the first theory is the touches on the coalition for justice in liberia and the man that speaks on behalf of the family or for henry 
in to be more specific is David Singleton. He's actually in charge of it. And what happened was Liberia experienced a civil war for many years, from the 80s into, like, I believe, 2003. And Henry actually lived through the entire thing before he immigrated to the United States. And it's theorized that, well, not really theorized, I guess it's fact that there are near Henry a larger population of Liberians which is strange how that you're going to move from Liberia to Minnesota. To Minnesota. It's very strange. Very yes, strange. Yes, it's very strange. But, I mean, you have the whole thing with Alan Omar where she's in Michigan, I think, and she's from Ethiopia. So, yeah, it's, it's just weird how that whole, I guess they're like, fuck it. I'm tired of the hot. Yeah. Let's see some snow. Yeah, man. I'm but anyway, I, love I digress. <laughs> Chasing this rabbit, there are different factions of that Civil War. There are people on both sides that moved to Minnesota. And from what I can gather, it is... Contentious, to say yes, the least. like Hatfield and McCoy's contentious. Well... Back when it first started, not now. <laughs> well, I'm saying, not, not, maybe not. But yeah, it's, it's a contentious situation. You're either on one side or you're not. You're not, a, yeah. you're not running down the middle yeah. of the fence. And that's why this, this is a major theory, is because they believe that perhaps somebody on the other side of the, of the stance of the Civil War kind of found a way to murder Henry. And the only thing I can think of is they see Henry, they know that he's not on their line of thinking, they pull up, holler, talk to him, whatever, realize he's intoxicated, and they're like, hey man, we're going to mess him up. And then he's so intoxicated that they start messing with him to the fact where they hold him underwater and it's not really an accidental drowning, but they just hold him underwater too long. So, but yeah, again... But there's no way to do that without some sort of... Struggle, he's going to claw back. Something. There's going to be a mark on him somewhere. Yeah, I, I would agree. I, I don't I don't put a whole lot of stock in this, this theory at all. There's really not a theory out there that I'm 100% behind, to be well, honest with you. Well, that's true. I mean, it's very, like I said, it's very strange. It's not a... It's not an easy case to solve. None of our cases are easy to solve. No. It is kind of odd that this coalition has a spokesman for the for him and and the family and this whole civil war is brought up. That is kind of an odd situation. That's the first theory. Now another theory is it, poor Henry is a victim of a robbery gone wrong. And I know that's kind of hard to wrap your mind around at this moment, but think about some sketchy individuals driving down the street. They see a highly intoxicated man, jacket, slacks, no tie, and they're like, hey, I bet he's got some cash on him. So they pull up, hey, what's going on, blah, 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 and then eventually they get to you got any cash on you? And he's like, you know, incoherently speaking. And it turns into give us your wallet. Once they realize he does not have his wallet on him, he kind of breaks free. He runs away. They chase him into the lake. He accidentally drowns. I mean, Plausible, but... Highly unlikely. <laughs> I mean... It still wouldn't explain the voicemail to me. Like, the voicemail... I think... The the voicemail is everything in this case. I agree. And I think the thinking on this theory is the fact that it was a pocket dial and maybe he's being chased by the robbers. But again, we don't know, was the cell phone found? If it was found, was it water damaged? True. I mean, there's a lot of things that the police could put out there that does not damage their prosecutorial case. You know, releasing the fact that whether or not his cell phone was found and whether or not it was water damaged would, you know, squash, I'd say, 60% of these. Yeah, absolutely. 
Because if they come out and say, yes, his cell phone was found on him, it was waterlogged, then all these theories that that we're going to cover still don't explain the hush-hush nature of the police. Why? Yeah, I don't understand that either. That's the, the underlying current when I look at this case is the fact that the, it's it smells of a cover-up, but there's no... Yeah, you don't see any police involvement in any term. There's term-up. no really reason for no. a cover-up, but it just... The secrecy is strange to me. Unless they know who did it, but they can't prove it. And that, you know, in a, if you follow true crime, there's a lot of true crime out there that the police ultimately know who did it. They just can't prove it. And so they're holding on to some things. That's true. That's, that's, that's possible. All right. Now, another theory, and I know we stated that there's three. There's probably more oh, than there's three. More. There's, there's probably more. ten. There's definitely more. Another theory that's prevalent is that Henry was roofied. And this actually, you know, I tend to give this a little more legs than I will now, any of the other. You can, you can vouch for this because you have I been feel fact, like I've, I, honest to God, feel like I have been roofied. But we'll get into that later. Um, <laughs> no, no, tell us, no. <laughs> no, 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 tell no. The we people, don't, tell we the do people. not need to let the people know. You got roofied. I feel like I did, but your, your, did did your wife not buy you the drink, and then she brought it back to you, and then all of a sudden you were, I was pregnant, and it's ugly. I mean, <laughs> 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 this whole theory goes to the point of there are people that have gotten on social media, Reddit, other you know other forums out there, and stated that they had once gone to some bars around the area that Henry was in, and they themselves have felt like they have gotten roofied, or they know friends that have gotten roofied, both male and female, while at a bar. And it, it, if for some reason you have lived under a rock the last couple of years, basically Rohypnol is the roofie, and it makes you appear extremely, extremely drunk. It could be GHB as well. True. With the mention of his friends taking his keys in his wallet, it may be a thing where he had a high tolerance for drinks, and then all of a sudden he's had two drinks and he is stumbling, slurring drunk, and they're like, holy shit, we're going to take your keys and your wallet from you. Yeah. The thing with, if he was roofied with Rohypnol, that does cause confusion, hallucinations, so it's possible that he made that call to his wife due to the effects of it but everything you read is that they're going to do a toxicology report on the body and that has yet to be released so you know there's this whole the suicide slash he's on drugs he's depressed situation well maybe he's not depressed maybe he's not on drugs yeah, it's stated that he gets a bad review, but we all have had bad reviews. That doesn't mean they're about to fire you. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I'm living proof. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> the other thing is he's a government employee. One poor review does not mean you're getting axed. It takes an act of Congress to get rid of a government employee. With that said, he could have thought that he had been shot because, and this is all speculation because we haven't yet to hear the full two-minute voicemail. I don't know. I, I, I'm i kind of torn between him being roofied and him saying that he's shot. Is this a hallucination? Does he bump into something that kind of pokes him and he feels like he's shot? Does he pass out near the water and then accidentally drowns? I don't know. I think out of the theory so far, I think a roofie would explain him being extremely intoxicated to the point where his friends feel like, you know, we've got to take everything away from this guy. Okay, so here's what I think happened. This motherfucker came across an entity not known to this world. I'm thinking that he was exposed to... A demon of some kind. That's the only explanation to this voicemail. To me. Now there are, I guess you would say, incidents of 
people in this area stating that they have seen hellhounds. And again, not throwing shade on anybody. I've seen some shit that I can't explain that would get me called crazy. Just on the basis of, it sounds like he's running to a velociraptor from... I mean, seriously. You know? That is not... I don't see a human making that noise. I don't either. And people keep... You know, when people say that he run into some kind of wildlife, this is in the middle of the city. This is yeah. not on the outskirts of town. No. This is not a mountain lion. This is not a bear that's kind of wandered in from the fringes. This is downtown, inside the city. I just don't... I don't see wildlife being... If this was in Florida, I'm all over alligator, panther, something else. But this is Minnesota. It's Minnesota in September. Like, this not... The hellhound theory, if we're looking at supernatural, has a little bit of legs. He's scared to death. It He thinks it chases him, slash it does chase him into the water. But... Uh, even so, even with the growling sound, the sound before... For the growling, sounds like a struggle is ensuing. Somebody's getting hurt. Yeah, or there's some grappling going on. Yeah, there's some wounds being placed on somebody. Somebody's bleeding after that in- interaction. And that sound and that high-pitched mo- that moan that he lets out would lead me to believe there is some blood involved. But according to the coroner, there's not a mark on the man. He just happens to breathe in some water in a lake. Yeah. And I don't mean to make light of it, but it's just odd. According to the autopsy report versus the the voicemail, those do not corroborate each other. Yeah. Now. Yeah, this is an open shut case of just accidental drowning. If you didn't if you have, have, voicemail. have voicemail. Right. Now we get into, and this is a more prevalent theory. This is, his friends had something to do with it, and there's some some branches on this theory. The first branch on this theory is, somehow, Henry was involved in a scheme to get some Liberians citizenship or some kind of tax evasion, and he couldn't come through with it. So, therefore, he was basically drowned, waterboarded, whatever you want to say. Uh, That way, it looks like an accidental drowning. They know he's gone to the nightclub, and he bumps into him. Oh, shit, I've been drinking. Do you have the paperwork? No, I don't have the paperwork. This would explain a poor work review. This would explain him not having money to cover the rent but again does not at all explain the voicemail another branch off this theory is the i guess the off chance that his wife estranged wife however you want to look at her had him killed in a manner that would not immediately signify suicide and she would receive life insurance and this is not a million dollar policy this is not you know three or four policies added together this is basic employee life insurance where William has taken out either one time 1.4 shit 1.45 times his annual salary or as much as three times his annual salary so that his wife and his daughters are taken care of. Again, I don't know. I mean, it's plausible, but... I mean, everything's plausible at this point. I'm the, not going to say anything's highly unlikely. No. This, the voicemail throws crazy, everything out, man. though. I guess that's my thing. You know, all of these would have legs if you threw the voicemail out, but the voicemail throws everything a curveball. There's so much violence occurring in that voicemail. There is. It's, Whether it's human, supernatural, you cannot listen to that and not tell me there's something violent going on. But there's not a mark on him. There's not a mark on him. 
There's no evidence of a struggle. There is nothing to go on. What is happening? To me, that is not the sound of a man drowning. If it was, you wouldn't have the sound recorded because the phone would cut out. People have stated that the growling sound is someone gurgling underwater. I don't get that. I really don't. Even if you're intoxicated, you get lost and you fall into a a lake, a pond, a ditch, whatever. I guess I go back to the fact that the cell phone, the state of the cell phone would either squash a lot of these theories or give a lot of these theories legs. But again, mm-hmm. you know that the police are holding a lot close to the vest, and I just do not get it. Well, you could sit here and say that they're doing that because they don't want to give away too much information. They're investigating. They're doing whatever. But at this point, it's been five. It's been five years. Four years. I'm sorry, four years. It's been four years with nothing, and it's still classified as a drowning. They did not rule out suicide. So it's not considered a crime. If it's not considered a crime, why keep it a secret? If it is still considered a if it is considered a crime, it's been four years with no leads. Why not release that information to try to A, get more interest in the case, or B, uncover some clues from the public, you know? Yeah, and I guess one thing I've not thought about was Maybe he was roofied. Maybe he is... I've never sounded like this, I don't think. Maybe he's just throwing his toenails up. And the stop it part is him talking to himself. Look, you got to get your shit together. Stop it. Listen, unfortunately in my experience, I have thrown up. A due, lot? Due to alcohol on Several more occasions? than one occasion. And I have never come close to sounding like that if if that is you vomiting due to alcohol good lord man you might not want to do that anymore well he didn't unfortunately well that's true he didn't but man that is just i would i'm not a an expert in anything by any means but that just doesn't sound human to me Agree. The growling does not sound human. All right, now we get into his friends having some kind of role in this, involuntary, voluntary, however you want to look at it. And this theory is basically McCabe and Kennedy were both drunk. They get into an argument. So Kennedy drops him off at the wrong gas station by accident. If you look at a map... Well, if they're arguing, it might be on purpose. That's true. He might be one of those angry drunks where, you know what? Fuck you. I'll just drop your ass off right here. People do dumb shit when they're drunk. True. promise you that much. I've seen someone on video drink some fucked up shit. But anyway, (laughs) so if you look at a map... (laughs) All right. (laughs) uh, Stuff you wouldn't ingest. But they're like, hey, man, give me a hit of that. But looking at a map of where this takes place, and we will post this on social media... It looks like Kennedy basically, instead of turning right out of the club, he turns left. And if he had turned left, he'd have been a mile and a half from Henry's home. But instead, he turns right. So he's going in the wrong damn direction. So McCabe knows, look, dumbass, just drop me off at this gas station. I can cut through the back side of this gas station. I'll be right there at my house slash apartment. I'm good to go. That way you don't have to turn down a bunch of back roads. Now, he, as in McCabe, asked to be dropped off at the Super America gas station because of Kennedy not knowing where exactly he lived. But Kennedy gets confused, and this is, y'all are going to have to follow now. you got to follow me through this. Basically, Kennedy gets confused. McCabe was likely too drunk to be extremely helpful giving directions. I've been there before. No, 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 man. Oh, yeah. One more light. No, man. Just head that way. You'll see it. If you'll go straight. (laughs) But basically, between the two of them, and no fault of either one, 
Kennedy drops his dumb ass off at the wrong gas station. And McCabe's like, fuck it. This is good enough. At least I'm out of the car. Now, Kennedy doesn't get very far and realizes, oh shit, I have Henry's keys. So he turns around to go get him. By this time, Henry's drunk ass realizes, hey, Kennedy's got me totally lost. And he's looking for someone to give him a ride home. Let's go even one further. Let's say that Kennedy turns around, he finds McCabe's dumb ass, picks him back up. And instead of taking the most simplest route back to Henry's house, he again turns left instead of right and ends up getting on eastbound 694, which is kind of like, if you're from Georgia, 285. If you get on the wrong side of 285, just keep going. It's a big-ass circle. Yeah. It's the perimeter of Atlanta. Yeah. So it's going to take a little bit longer, but we'll eventually get there. We're both drunk, so it might do us some good. This route actually takes them right past Rush Lake where he's found. Or actually, his body's found. Was it not Rush Lake? No, I'm saying it's the same thing. <laughs> You're like, well, true. Where he's found. No, not him. His body. <laughs> same difference. I know. I just... Okay, so anyway. <laughs> I digress. All right, so basically at this point, they're both pissed drunk. They're frustrated. They start to argue. Kennedy says, you know what? Fuck you, Henry. Get your dumb ass out of the car. If you don't like me taking you anywhere, fuck off. And so he puts him out somewhere near Rush Lake. Now, Henry believes that he's actually closer to his own house than they actually were. He then thinks, hey, if I cut through here, this is the shortcut to my house. And he mistakenly, drunkenly stumbles into the lake. I mean, that is definitely possible, and it sounds like the most probable um, event, but that don't explain the voicemail. True. Now, going into the voicemail, maybe it goes further than what I have discussed, and they get so pissed off at each other, they square off in the parking lot of the gas station, and he does actually pocket dial somebody. And you hear him telling Kennedy, stop it. As in, quit fucking around and take my drunk ass home. Or, Kennedy thinks, for some reason, McCabe's got a lot of money. And he attacks him in the gas station and then dumps his body in the lake. All of these are probable. But But it doesn't explain. There's no markings. Right. If he's attacked, there's going to be some markings. We can go as far as chasing all the cell tower pings. It's it's registered that his cell phone pings off a tower near Rush Lake around 228. People, there's a lot of things that you can you can look at. One of the things is sometime right around when Henry is being dropped off or leaving the club, his wife calls to check in. He tells her, hey, we're just now leaving. It's kind of loud. I'll call you right back. 2.23, he calls his wife. She says it sounds like a pocket dial because she could hear what sounded like a conversation in the background. Somehow, it gets disconnected. The next pocket dial, this time she hears screaming. And this is where I don't... Maybe some can, somebody can explain it to me. There's a pocket dial... Where she hears it, she tries to call his brother. Somehow the brother, his voicemail picks up that voice. I don't know. I'm just so damn confused with that. But that this is like the second or third reference to that whole fucked up situation. We get into a lot of triangulation with cell phones. And after a lot of these uh, lovely, lovely beers from Minnesota, I don't really don't want to get into it. <laughs> A lot of people have put in a lot of stock to him getting this bad review and him bouncing a check. He's going through a lot of shit, basically. His wife's moved back to California, or moved to California, taking the daughters, 
He's on his own. He goes to a club with a couple of his friends, gets hammered. Maybe he's drinking a lot because of that. He bounces a rent check. Again, it's not out of the realm of possibility. One of the weirder theories is he's addicted to drugs. He pissed off his drug dealer and they drown him. But there's nothing to back up any of that. But according to Reddit, what really happened is the Loch Ness Monster drowned him because he didn't give it tree fitty. See, that's exactly why I don't look into Reddit. <laughs> <laughs> and shit like that right there. There's a goddamn Loch Ness Monster. You don't give him a tree fitty. You give him a dollar. <laughs> oh, I give him a dollar seventy-five. Damn it, woman, you don't give him a dollar seventy-five. I'm going to come back and want a whole tree fitty. <laughs> It's tree fitty. It's tree fitty. Yep. That's why I leave Reddit to you. Thank you, bub. <laughs> All right. With that said, we will get into our theories. And... I ain't done heard my theory. That yeah, shit you're was supernatural. a demon. Yeah. Chupacabra. <laughs> and he he was a water demon. Dragged him to the depths, and that's that's that man. Therefore, there's no marks on the body. No mar- No need for marks. I will uh, see your supernatural. And I will raise you one drunken stupor, two friends getting a fight, and fuck you, no, fuck you, I'll walk home. And then they encounter a water demon. And he encounters a water demon <laughs> and drags him to the death. <laughs> Which is unfortunate when you're arguing with your friend. True. <laughs> I guess I go back to the fact, if you didn't have the voicemail, this is a run-of-the-mill drunk fell into a lake. We've so shown on the map that he walks. Hey, sh- this is a so long fucked way. up. And we'll post it on our pages, but he is nowhere near where he's dropped off. He that's a hike, man. And it would have been easier for well, him to walk from the club to his house than to get in the car. Well, and- here's the deal. Here's something that we haven't thought of, because he's dropped off at two thirty. Correct. Yeah. He makes the phone call two thirty eight. There's no way if he's dropped off where he said he was. There's no way he makes it to where his his body's found. True, I didn't think that's about miles. That. Yes, very, very, very good point. So whatever we're hearing in the voicemail, if he is where the friend says he is, and the cell phone pings or whatever, what's going on in that voicemail does not happen when he dies because he's too far away. He's yes. not made it to his destination yet. I, I I agree with you there. And the very end of the podcast is a hell of a time to have that epiphany. But <laughs> but at the same time, though, we say this every week. We're not here to answer anything. We're here to pose more we questions. We answered shit, man. This is so crazy, dude. I guess the two biggest things is when you look at the map that we're going to post and you listen to the voicemail, what in the hell could be going on? I just, I just don't know, man. I don't either. I will say, with everything that we've gone over in this case, going back to our Trump family case, if you have theories, please, please reach out to us on our social media pages and express your current theories, what you think may or may not have happened. I will, at this point, like to give... Hope6828SC a shout out. She gave us her theory on the Trump family and we had a great conversation going back and forth as to what we thought, what she thought. Again, you know, if you have theories on any of our cases, please reach out to us and we will continue that discussion. Uh, Recommendations for the week. Coach, I'll let you start her off. Well, I'm actually going to recommend a page that I just recently found. It's the newest page I've I've subscribed to. But it actually has a video on Henry McCabe. And it's going to tie it to the missing 411. I know we haven't discussed. We've we've mentioned the 411 for sure. But we haven't talked talked about it at length. But he has a... Video called Missing 411 and the Bizarre Case of Henry McCabe. I recommend you checking it out. It is the Unknown Observer. 
is the name of the YouTube page, which to, is an awesome name, to be honest with you. But look him up. Uh, his recent, most recent video was the boys on the tracks, which is an amazing case. It's so interesting. It's fucked up. But looking through his stuff, he's got a whole lot of stuff on Epstein. And he also is tying things together with the octopus. Oh. Yes. Two weeks ago, he releases a video that said, Epstein connected to the octopus, question mark, question mark question mark and if you don't know what the octopus is I recommend looking into it but it is some creepy creepy shit if it's all true so yeah unknown observer check him out and my recommendation if you have never heard of this gentleman please look him up do your own research and that is Mr. David Goggins he is a former Navy SEAL he has gotten into ultra marathons. He has been on Joe Rogan's podcast twice. He has a book out. He is a person, is the epitome of fuck you. I'm going to do what I want to do. I only answer to the man in the mirror and I'm going to continually push myself. Give him a listen. Do yourself a favor and look him up. And at least, bare minimum, listen to his first Joe Rogan podcast. The amount of respect I have for this man, for what he endured when he went through Navy SEAL training, not once, not twice, but three times. He went through Hell Week three times, and finally on his third time, when given the ultimatum, son, either you pass this Hell Week or we're washing you out. And what he did to his body, what he did mentally to get to that point is unbelievable. I just look at him to some motivation when you think you've had a bad day. Just watch any of his videos. With that said, uh, check out our Beer of the Week, Surly Brewing out of Minnesota. Before we go, we would like to get into our... Looks like our staggering weekly what the fuck on the Richter scale. We're at a, you know, consistent eight. But, again, I think we're getting kind of numb to the point of there's a lot more what the fuck's out there. We just don't realize them as much. Yeah, we're we're getting numb, man. Yeah, we are, We're so numb, man. We're so numb, man. So numb. We can't do it, Hey, but do they have DMT over there? <laughs> All right. Coach, you got anything? No, sir. With that said, from the basement, a deuces.